Hey guys, on this very special episode of the Fight to Finish podcast, Cece and I catch up with our old friend Zach. We talk a little bit more on our GoRuck stories, on some Spartan race stories, and a little bit what he's up to these days with uh, turning something that was a hobby into something that he's very passionate about today. And um, we're very excited to bring it to you guys. He's very there's just a lot to unpack in this episode, a lot of gold nuggets, and he's really baking up some some real good stuff for us. And um, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy it. Also, um, as we learn and grow with this podcast and, and as we get better equipment, we're learning. So please excuse some of the audio interference you may hear in this episode. Uh, we're only getting better and we're working out the kinks. But until then, we really appreciate everybody listening. And uh, we hope you guys enjoy this very special episode with Zach. I'm not prepped at all. We're going in raw. <laughs> all right, dog. we're just going to go in raw. <laughs> so, uh, number one, um, we can always do the intro afterwards, but Zach, Amanda, thank you for inviting us into uh, your home, your kitchen, and being on the podcast. So, a little foreshadowing on the kitchen part. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, kind of just to give you a, a quick summary of Fight to Finish podcast, kind of what our aim. It's The biggest thing is like, it started off as CC and I just having a conversation, right? And kind of like a recorded conversation out of recommendation from friends like, hey, you guys have interesting banter um, and some interesting stories and you guys have a pretty good network of friends. Um, and so we just started recording. But it's turned into something a little bit more greater than that, I think, with Fight to Finish. Uh, we b- truly believe a lot of people have stories to tell, right? Whether they're like the established business person, the elite athlete, or like the the coding nerd in that's living out of their car, right? Right. And so we feel that everybody's got a story to tell, uh, whether whatever stage in that journey in life they're at. Um, and we feel like we can contribute to the world in sharing some of those stories, and someone can eke out whatever tidbits of life, right? Um, and it just might inspire someone else to pursue whatever they want to pursue. Yeah, and you know. For our listeners, Zach, we—I've known you for a number of years now. Um, by the way, uh, I'm sorry. Can I just say I've known Zach longer than you know Zach because <laughs> we did our first event together. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm gonna, oh. yeah. I, wow. <laughs> So well, you might have been here before, but we've known each other yeah. for longer. Wow. <laughs> OG here. Yeah. So it—it it is the well five years ago today we did go Rick Jedberg. Today, really? yeah, it came up in memory. See that look at your face. Wow. <laughs> so for our GORUCK listeners, especially if you're new to GORUCK, we used to have GORUCK Jedberg, uh, loosely based off the World War II Jeds. Basically, we've talked about it before, but um, it's field craft survival, part of the class, one day event, 24 hour event. First 12 hours is yeah. yeah, and then the second is like the night evolution was basically a whole culmination like a night exercise essentially yeah uh, so haha yeah, that's they don't do it anymore so try to ask jason if they still have it they do not have it what class were we zero two i honestly zero i don't one? remember any other class beyond zero two my yeah second one. yeah i think oh, zero. I guess- zero two i think it was zero two actually zero two yeah. or zero one because i remember they had a zero zero yeah super low but anyways that this thought today, March 
six five it, years five years it came up on my facebook feed so longer. so so for our listeners we do know each other from the go community yeah for a long time um yeah. i guess i guess maybe take us through who you are what you do um and possibly the reason why we might be here visiting you today and talking to you about uh, uh kind of projects you're working on Sure. Yeah. Let me try to sum it up succinctly if I can. <laughs> uh, I'm an engineer by education, um, radio frequency engineer. So I design wireless networks and that kind of thing. I work for Google doing more paper pushing and project management and that kind of thing nowadays. A lot less engineering, hardcore engineering, um, which is fine. It's, it's a corporate gig. So it is what it is. Pays the bills. Um, but, you know, the, there's a lot more to people than just what they do at work. For myself, I've always been huge into food, just eat the, an eater and a, and a maker of food. And, <laughs> and bread, honestly, was sort of this pinnacle for me. Like, I always dreamed of like, oh, man, if I could make bread someday, that'd be, that'd be dope. Like, yeah. that'd just be, I, I've made it as far as like the I'm difficulty. I'm a true baker. Yeah. You know, I thought bread was one of those, those mountaintops to climb, you know, and I just had a, a series of traumatic events in my life, you know, parents dying and that kind of fun stuff that it sort of led me to find more, hmm. right? Like you, you start to realize you don't want to live with regret anymore when you see someone you love kind of pass away. And yeah. so it, it really drove me to do the things that I want to do that really give me a, a sense of purpose, hmm. you know, and baking turned out to be kind of that thing. And I actually, uh, for Christmas, I got this masterclass subscription from, from Amanda and just sort of absorbed as much as I could from some of the, the cool chefs that did their thing yeah. and realized quickly that, wow, I already know a lot of what they're showing me. It definitely nuanced my technique and made me kind of better at cooking in general. Yeah. But then that sort of dovetailed into finding some other information around sourdough. And sourdough mm. bread and then i'm like oh that's it you know like <laughs> this i mean it was so difficult because it was one of those bread crafts that has kind of been forgotten about mm. and the resurgence has been tre- tremendous recently the past 10 you know 20 years it's really come back into fashion so i kind of a part of a wave yeah, yeah, of yeah, people yeah. doing this now you kind of realize at some point like oh i'm, I'm not original <laughs> sort of doing what everyone else is doing but yeah. Once you start making the bread and eating it, and it, it was difficult, and it wasn't perfect at first, and I'm used to getting things right pretty quickly, and it was one of those things where I, I couldn't, and it took a mm. lot of effort, and it was like, but I wasn't discouraged. It was like, well, that didn't work out. How am I going to do things differently next time? Did know? the engineering brain in you kind of take over in that regard? <laughs> that I approached everything from that perspective. <laughs> I mean, Amanda's laughing because it's... I will literally analyze movies. Like, I bet. You yeah. know, like cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do they make that stuff? You know, it's like they have wheels, you know, <laughs> like, and I'll go way too deep into, you know, ridiculous levels of things. And so like everything else, you know, I do, I'm kind of a psycho hobbyist. I get way too deep into something. Sure. And bread became the new psycho hobby to get into. Mm. And it kind of absorbed my life to the point where I want to do that now in a more professional commercial sort of way sure. as much as I can. It does not pay the bills as well as being an engineer, but sure, sure. it gives my life a lot more meaning and a lot more passion, you know, and purpose. Mm-hmm. And it connects people 
because they they eat it and they enjoy it and they reflect oh man this is like grandma or hmm. i've never had bread this good before yeah. you know and it's not like i'm making the best stuff ever but in comparison to the store it's damn oh, shot yeah. better you know oh yeah and you know that sort of feedback from people really kind of drove me to want to do more and, and to be a part of something bigger yeah i think which I, actually so you gave us some bread and i took it to my co i don't know if i ever told you this but one of my co-workers was like Cece, where'd you get this bread? Like, this is amazing. Like, and I was just like, oh, yeah, like a buddy of mine makes bread. He's just like, no, oh my God, this is like so good. He's yeah. like, I need more yeah. of this. I was like, well, too bad. It was just the one loaf. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, when I took, because you gave, I think you gave us a couple loaves one oh, time. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I took too much. Yeah. I, that's, that's a good problem. Keep them coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in terms of like, yeah, my similar story. Like, I literally, I think I told you, I messaged you, like, it, I had a loaf to myself <laughs> that I was like, I'm going to put this one loaf here into the kitchen where everybody's at. It was gone in like 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm glad I didn't put both out. Otherwise I would not have like my bread. own. Yeah. yeah. And, and to, I mean, I'm not ashamed of it, but I finished that whole loaf by myself that like literally making sandwiches. Uh, and what else did I do with it? I did a bunch of other stuff, but I was just like, I don't know what else can I do with these ends? I don't know what to do with these ends. And I still made something out of it. It was really really good so in terms of well number one what's what are you calling your bread or this whole side side gig you've been doing well that's you know been a lot of development and you don't have to say if you're not ready no no i mean it's fine we sort of took a page from the whole you know like how google started in a garage yeah we're sort of starting this bakery in a garage we just took our street name it was kind of cool you know briarwood so we're now briarwood bakery is sort of what we're, nice. we're calling is, ourselves. Which is interesting. Now that you say that, like there's a lot of, and especially in tech, right? And we, we live in an area with a lot of tech, a lot of which started here uh, yeah. out of a garage. Very but, simply. Yeah. But yours is a little bit different in, in the sense that it's not tech. <laughs> it's a, you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 a micro bakery. Yeah. But still, yeah. I think, you know, that's kind of the entrepreneurship around here, right? Like a grassroots, a lot of people doing their own thing on their own time. I mean, like CC and I, for example, like yeah. this, um, and you doing something out of your, your home and, and um, sharing it with people around you and sharing with us, you know, I think that's huge. Um, but, you know, something bread why bread like was that something that you just was like were interested in or is this like the whole metaphor around like breaking bread and connecting with people or is it something where like it why sourdough you know that's a better question totally i mean the like you know as a child wanting to make bread yeah, right yeah. And, and i did as, as a kid even and it was just fun to do but i never really stuck with it and sort of it being sort of the more difficult thing, you know, doing Goruk, doing Spartan events, it's sort of like, <laughs> this isn't hard enough. Like, yeah, this yeah, has yeah. to be harder, right? Yeah, yeah. I have to climb a bigger mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And so you just keep on going. You keep on throwing down a little harder, right? And so the same thing with bread, that was sort of the, the pinnacle of it. But after I sort of got over the whole, like, oh, this is hard to do. This is fun. It was so much more soul satisfying. And mm-hmm. you start to then look back to how bread used to be. And people, you know, all the gluten-free this and that, and people like, oh, we're shying away from bread because it's just bad for you and gluten's bad for you. It's because of just what has been done to bread, mm. kind of starting in the 30s, 40s, kind of 20s time frame with industrialization, right? Many mouths to feed. you got to feed them quickly. And sourdough bread is a very slow process. But that slow process is what made it so nutritious and so good for you. 
right? And mm. when you sort of speed up that whole interaction by using commercial yeast, that's, you know, they've isolated the specific bacteria that are the most active and they give you the most bubbles and the most rise. And so within one or two hours, you have something that's proofed up enough to give you a nice kind of airy loaf. Yeah. But the wheat, which is just full of nutrients, has uh, there's a, a phytic acid is kind of locked, locking that away. It binds the nutrients mm-hmm. in the wheat. And if you don't sort of release that into the bread, it stays locked up. And that's why you see enriched breads, right? Uh. You, you, they, are, they can't extract the nutrients because they're not fermenting long enough. It's too fast. And so what you get is a very kind of nutritionally barren product. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, ooh, we need to put the iron and mm-hmm. the niacin. And they mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have enriched bread. It's good for you, right? Because we've just <laughs> doped it full of stuff, right? And chemicals. And God yeah, knows yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. And that long fermentation acidifies the bread, mm. right? Because the bacteria and the yeast, right? It, bacteria, the yeast is a, a fungal bacterial yeah. colony, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And when you make it, you, it takes like a, a good 10 days to create your own starter. But all it is is flour and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, you just let the natural yeast in the flour and in the air kind of inoculate. And you just, you have to curate that and feed it over that 10 day period because there's almost like warring factions, right? The fungus on one side and the bacteria on the other. And they're, they're fighting it out until, you know, enough bloodshed leads to peace treaties, (laughs) the established better colonies, you know, processes, and then modern society develops. And you get this whole kind of like a kombucha scoby, right? You get this combination of the two that are now harmonious. Uh, and it's all, they've kicked out all the bad stuff, all the bad bacteria that might contribute to, you know, not so good things. Right. And now you have this stable colony that you maintain, right? And that's what my starter beast. I, <laughs> yeah, you named it beast. <laughs> well, I, I almost threw him out. I almost washed him down the drain. Oh, no. And I had like just a little bit of like yeasty water in the bottom. I was like, oh no. And I fed it and he came back. So that was enough. Yeah. Oh, it was wow, like, oh cool. man, I, I saved him. And I'm like, man, you're a beast. Right. And so part of that whole process as it's eating the flour, right? Sure. It, the enzymes break down the flour, um, the starch into sugars, right? Because starch is just complex sugars, right? And so when those sugars break down, the bacteria eat that and they produce uh Lactic acid, right? And carbon dioxide. That's where all the bubbles are. That lactic acid acidifies the bread and actually breaks down the other phytic acid. Mm. And so it, it separates the nutrients from that other acid during that fermentation and releases it into the bread, right? Question. Yeah. Did you know all this going going in or is this like against psycho hobby it's hobbyist going psycho in. hobby <laughs> yeah oh no i just like read books and imbued myself with as much information as i could you yeah. know just kind of the, the history of this stuff and how kind of important it's been to human history for sure. for a very long time and only recently in the past hundred years we've mucked with it a bit yeah, yeah. right and, commercialized and, it yeah and that kind of ruined all these nutritional benefits yeah um and so getting back into sourdough it's actually sort of a health food. It's it's a prebiotic. It's kind of pre-digested, right? The mm. yeast is actually digesting the the flour, right? And then the gluten comes from the protein in the flour, right? That's just protein. Yeah. And so the protein is the strength and the starch is kind of the everything else, the binder, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and the food for the yeast. And that's what releases all those nutrients. And then it makes it way more tasty, yeah. right? You yeah. get that release of acid and there's that's flavor, 
right? Mm-hmm. And then salt as well. And that's really it. It's just flour, water, salt, and yeast, yeah. which itself is just flour and water. I think you touched That the- sounds so simple. And that's the beauty of yeah. it. Yeah. And, and people discovered yeast by they had flour and water just like left over sitting in a corner and it got all bubbly and weird and kind of stinky, you know. And once you have a starter for a while, you enjoy that funk, that acidic, alcoholic <laughs> smell. You're like, mm, that's a good starter. <laughs> <laughs> and you start appreciating you actually eat it, right? You taste it and whatnot yeah. to actually know what's in it. And the starter becomes a part of you and, mm. and you're a part of it. Like when you're working with the dough with your hands, right? Part of you becomes part of the bread. So every bread made by a baker has their signature to it, hmm. right? And that's just part of the biology of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, but right. we have to kind of respect the, the bacterial colonies on on us and in us and kind of nurture them as much as possible. And that's how you get good gut health and, yeah. you know, general, you know, better intestinal health and that kind of thing. Hmm. So it was on one level delicious bread, right, that... You look at bread as now an ingredient. Uh, it's not just a vessel, like a blank vessel. Something that you can right. do with, like how I was using it as for sandwich. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like, a, like a BLT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not just the, oh, it's the, what do they, you know. It's an ingredient bacon, in the, lettuce, yeah, yeah, tomato, yeah. but really the bread, bread is now another flavor component. Uh, and that makes the sandwiches so much better because now the bread tastes I think that's good. it. It is. I, I think that's it. Now that, when you put in that context, that's definitely what it is in terms of, like when I made my sandwiches out of your bread, I was like, why does this taste so much better? And I think it's because of that. There's a know? fundamental flavor there. Yeah. So I'm interested. Do you, do you ever like when you're like tasting your breads and mm-hmm. stuff, do you ever do like, um, like food pairings with it Ooh, to see like how it compares great, with like great different foods? Uh, I think just organically, <laughs> okay. just as we're eating it, not maybe not like specifically trying to you find. You haven't like sat down and been like, best. "All right, let's see." You're like orange sauce and sourdough bread. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's sort of you know a little bit. Like for me, it's it's butter and honey, toasted Ooh, butter, butter honey and honey is the ultimate. It is. I eat that every day, mm. like every morning. That's kind of my breakfast, and it's incredible. <laughs> and Sorry, I just imagined it. Yeah, it, it, it's in the camera, you, you'll see me kind of just look up and go, oh, <laughs> a little drool. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was, um, you know, that aspect of it being an ingredient. Sure. Um, the health. And, you know, for Amanda, she has some allergies that were actually sort of corrected and helped a bit by the use what? of probiotics. Oh, um, yeah, predominantly, yeah, of course. right? Yeah. Just making sure you kind of maintain that. Gut health for sure. Yeah. And then the bread was actually this transformative thing that kind of corrected. Wow. A, a dairy That's allergy awesome. that was more of a lactose intolerance. And when I met her, it was like I had to figure out how to bake without dairy and how to mm. like reconfigure everything I do. Because I was like, oh, no, butter and cream. And, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no, you know, like I like her. Oh, damn it, you know? <laughs> the one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big food guy. Oh, no. <laughs> but over time, we just discovered it wasn't so much like an anaphylactic allergy. It was more of just an intolerance. Uh. And she was really dedicated to kind of improving her gut health. And getting on this sourdough train just really dovetailed perfectly into that. Mm. Kind of like a sidebar question. How, is it, how important is it to like, let's say someone's working a nine to five, like, like myself and everybody else, right? And they have a side pro- side project or gig or passion, something where they're innately just 
like deep down in the rabbit hole. Like mm-hmm. how important is it to feed that beast? Uh, not in your case, not literal beast. Sure. Uh, but you know, how, how important is it to like, what would you say to that person? That's like, man, I'm really passionate about photography. Like, what would you say to, to that person? That's just kind of listen, that would be listening. Well, let me ask you how important is it to feed your soul? Hmm. Right. And I think like my job, like, sure, it's great. And I can live and I have nice things, but it, it's very soul sucking. Right. Mm, it, it, it takes, it doesn't give back. It just takes, yeah. you know, and, and you're making Google sound like a great place to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's any corporation. Right. Any corporate, I feel well, the same. Well, I'll tell you, if you're going to hate your job anywhere, that's a great place to work. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a great job for hating your job. I don't hate what I do, but I get you what know, you're saying. Yeah. You get worn it's, down. It's not your passion. Yeah. And it just, you know, you work on a thing. Oh, nope, sorry, I'm not doing that anymore. Move on to something else. Uh, okay. You know, and you yeah. just had a lot of effort into something that yeah. you kind of just got redirected. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I still really enjoy engineering and, sure. and digging into stuff and data and data analysis and all this nerdy coding and all other stuff. But, you know, when you sort of get jerked around a bit, because that's just business and corporations, yeah. that they can't help it. It's just yeah, what yeah. it is. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm not, I don't begrudge them that. It's just yeah, sort yeah. of for my own sanity, mm-hmm. I needed something else, Sure, you know, and I have kids and you put all your time into them and, and love on them and yeah, yeah, make them perfect little human beings if you can, <laughs> as much as you can. Um, <laughs> but I needed, I guess, something else, sure. you know, and due to all that other personal loss, yeah. it was sort of, I really need to find something that can, I can connect to mm-hmm. and, and dive into. And it's, you know, do I want to come home and just watch TV and hang out and do nothing and yeah. just kind of absorb media and content and it kind of like getting into sourdough. We also got off of Facebook and we just sort of really limited this sort of the, the echo chamber sure. of social media. Yeah. Because it just wasn't really challenging you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really doing anything. And this is something that you can do when you when you come home or if you have a day off. It's something that drives you to develop, sure. right? And to think and to be better, right? And that passion, I think, is, is critical kind of for anybody. Yeah, I think, you know, with us, we're like a lot of people ask us, it's like, what do you, what TV show you're watching? What are you doing? And we're like, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have friends on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think that goes to a testament to like, when we get, when we get home from work or whatever, we're not really just consuming social media. Yeah. I mean, we are, I am, of course. Yeah. Was, uh, of course. I'm on Instagram. Sure. Yeah. But in terms of like, we get obsessive over other things. Like she's really into fitness and crime. I mean, you, when you think of CC, right? Like in the circle of friends, you guys are like, Oh yeah, she works out or Spartan. She does Spartan races. Yeah. Now she's doing CrossFit. Right. And then like, I get obsessive and compulsive. You can ask her. I'm like up, I'm like, I'm on Reddit. I'm looking up how to pack this thing or whatever. I'm like, and I get really obsessed with stuff. And I think that really is important to kind of just Feed, feed the beast and feed your own curiosity because you never, I think, know what you're going to unlock. Um, but, you know, to that, what I'm kind of trying to allude to is like, <clears throat> was it one of those things where you're at work and then you needed a passion and you, you eat over to, I don't know, like, how did you first, what were your initial steps mm-hmm. from, from going into, to, did you like, from not doing it to start. Yeah, like, did it. you Google it or did you, like, take a class? Did, what did you do? Like, sure. Well, and, and I'll give you, like, a little bit of lead up, you know, yeah. like, we did the Go Ruck thing. You know, I did 
17 events yeah. over like a two and a half, three year period. Yeah. And this was a lot just, of events. yeah, this was sort of after a, you know, a, a ex-wife sure, situation sure, sure, happened. Sure, sure. I yeah. was like, I need to test my metal. I need sure, to sure. punish myself in some meaningful way. Yeah, and I yeah. did like a Spartan beast. Yeah. I'm like that was fun. I got poisoned over <laughs> two months and it was terrible. <laughs> oh, no. oh yeah. It was, oh, it was the worst. What, 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 what yeah, venue what, was that? Where, it was go? in uh, Toro, Toro Park in Monterey. Oh. I did the Beast way back. I think Stephen did we that. All oh, did wait, Mon- we all we did, did that. that was my first. So that was 2013. That yeah. was my first. Uh, Monterey, uh, the Beast. Yep, when you had that stupid rope climb. Like, yeah. it was just up a hill, and you're it, just like, what is this rope supposed oh, no, to do? The, the, the worst uphill. for me yeah. was the uphill with the bucket, with the bucket of, like, oh, dirt yeah. that and was rocks. Deep. That was really oh, deep. Oh, my God. That was the worst. Oh, yeah. My, I hated that one the most. My calves just cramped out yep. hard. Before, I, like, that invert I, wall, I, I, like, the, the one you have to, like, yeah. Yeah. it's diagonally scaling around it. I was yep. like, oh, no, tweaky calf. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I told yeah. her that I, never, I don't think I've ever said this on the, the podcast, but, yeah, same same event. Speaking of calves, my calves locked up on same event where I was walking up Terrible. and I literally just locked up. I was like, oh, I can't walk. Oh, no. I fell down like I straight straight up oh, face planted. And like I had four friends with me like, oh, no, they started giving me packets. Then one guy was like, it's going to look stupid, but I'm going to punch the crap out of your calves. And you had like four guys punching my calves <laughs> and people walking by and going, what are they doing? Beating this guy up. <laughs> like, yeah, you see this? Just like, I had like four guys just punching the crap out of my calves. It helped, right? Yep. That and mustard packets. You know, yeah, totally. Up, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Sorry. So, yeah. so no, yeah, Sorry. yes. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> did that, and I was like, "Well, that was that was hard, but that wasn't hard enough." Yeah, you know, that wasn't enough. And sure. I had a, a coworker that was into you know Goruk backpacks. He wasn't going to do events, yeah. but he was like, "Oh, these backpacks are great. Oh, you should do an event." I was like, "What is this?" I'm like, like <laughs> "No way! Like you're you're dumb. You know, no way I'm doing this." And you know, but fast forward after that, I'm like, "Well." Maybe I'll give it a mm-hmm. shot, right? And I, I did the same thing everyone does in their first Gorka event, trying to figure out what do I bring? And yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like a pre-1000 pre yeah, yeah. class. And so they're just oh, like, yeah. nothing, right? Everyone's just like, nope, you got to figure it out. And mm-hmm. I was like, do I bring my jet boil? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. always that guy, you know? <laughs> you're, you're like, how much, how much, how much Imagine if you had brought oil. Imagine if you had brought a jet boil. Oh, it'd be so terrible. <laughs> You'd be that guy. You'd be that guy. Yeah, exactly. And while well, I was that guy, I, had, I yeah. couldn't find like a, like a jacket and I had this I found this bright yellow bright yellow one. I remember right yeah. everyone's like who's that guy in the bright yellow jacket <laughs> trust me I didn't want to buy that jacket it's the only damn thing that like they had but I stood out because like that first event with Cadre Paul I mean it was brutal that was brutal it was 15 hours hmm. for a tough I guess a challenge now and right? he only stopped it because the light was about to start Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he just stepped off the light. Yeah. 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 He's like, That's why he's like, guys, we got to finish this because the light's about to start. Oh, yeah. The welcome party was four hours long. Yeah. It, I threw up three times. I got like tunnel vision. And what was funny is we were sitting there doing these, you know, inverted push ups or like decline, you know, feet up in the yeah, air yeah, doing yeah, push up. Yeah. And I just got this tunnel vision. Everything was just going black. And I was like, oh no, you know. <laughs> and we took a break. And some guy's like, here, take these like shop blocks. He's also oh, gray. Yeah. I, was just, <laughs> I, I was dying. And he's like, here, take, drink this, eat these shop blocks. And I'm like, oh, like rejuvenated. <laughs> it's going to be better soon. And that was Stephen Dotoma. No mm. way. And we became friends later, but yeah, like That's sure so shit. Steven Atoma was sitting there doing that. I'm like, oh man, and saved my life in that moment. And then we started stepping off on the ruck and 
it got better and then worse and then terrible and that whole thing was awful but you know it started that whole train and i was like nope did one good enough don't want to do any more oh oh of course but that week goes by of course and i'm like you know that wasn't so bad i'm not feeling good yeah of course i've recovered now it's not terrible (laughs) maybe i'll set up for another one right that was the first coffee flash one i had oh it's in san jose okay 1208 so remember that one um, and that was much easier. That was like, <laughs> damn, Flash. <laughs> if you're listening, Flash, yeah, uh, was, know that that class was very easy for you. In comparison to Paul, it was, it was not a cakewalk, but it was definitely like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I can survive this one. You know, that I, I, I feel like after that Coffee Paul class, they changed things a bit. Sure. Right? After like, in that pre one thousand, yeah, I think yeah. there was a lot of complaining about just how brutal they were, and and I think They're they kind of bad. They they toned it down a bit, and I yeah. think that was one of the early yeah, yeah, ones yeah, yeah, that they toned yeah. it down a bit. You know, don't destroy these guys; just take them for a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're not trying to pass election. I, I definitely just, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, when I think about it in that aspect, yeah, I think it's no offense, Jason McCarthy, if you're listening. I think it definitely pre 1000, they were a different uh, event in itself. And a lot to even say, maybe like the first 100, who knows how those first initial oh, yeah. classes were. Well, I think as, right? as a thing like that develops and it has broader reach sure. to a larger segment of just generic population, you get people who become aware of it. Right, mm-hmm. that aren't the hardcore types, and if you kind of give that same sort of experience, it, it's a barrier to entry. Sure, I think yeah. for the broader audience, you mm-hmm. know, and of course you want to sell more backpacks, so yeah, 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 you yeah. need to. It needs to change, right? Yeah, and I don't, yeah, yeah. you know, that was fine. Yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. It, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah. It was still hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's still, still, still go around tough event. You know, yeah, it's still yeah. really difficult. But yeah. I already had all my expectations broken on that first one. So anything, yeah, of course, anything of course, less would, yeah, be, of course, would be yeah. easier. Right. And I also trained like with Steven and that's where I met Amanda actually in that time frame. Oh, during, did you do those, uh, his, his workouts? I did. I CW, not the CWS. That was Woody had put that, out yeah. like a post saying, Oh, there's, you know, we got echo doing training here. We got CWS, Steven yeah, yeah. down. Yeah. Cole and Sandy, mm-hmm. um, down here. And I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go try out this weekend. It was sort of like a little, mm-hmm. it, it, and actually echo came down and he did like a cws that day like a 12-hour day basically started out with a boot camp then we stepped off on a ruck we got like did sugar cookies and all like the surf torture and did a bunch of beach pt right ended up at the stone pier right like all the way to aptos and then went to barbecue all the way to aptos yeah we went from started where where he lives like in live oak (laughs) all the way to aptos all the way to the beach and we we had to go along the road yeah of course but still jeez and yeah so it was like basically a simulated go rock event event. yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know lightweight but very hard yeah um and met my current partner there which was actually pretty cool um in itself but so we both both of us Shout out to Stephen Daytoma, Gauntlet Endurance. Yeah. Have Stephen to thank for seeing our or meeting our significant yeah, others. Yeah, we met at his, at Stephen's first uh, NordCal. Yeah, NordCal yeah. event. Oh, yeah. That's where Arvin and I met. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, way back in the day. We should get Daytoma on. I know. <laughs> That'd be Stephen, so if, you, if you're listening to <laughs> you're, you're next, bro. <laughs> um, but going back to. T- that journey along from a long-winded from, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and actually, I'll, I'll fast forward. Yeah. Like, 
so, you know, fast forward, you know, a bunch of events and yeah. customs, you know, the pinnacle was doing the last HCLS, HCLS yeah. right in San Francisco Which, during Veterans Day. So good for you. We never, Ooh. we never, we, we, oh, so that was awful. <laughs> we're going to oh, go on another God. tangent, but it's okay. <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> I couldn't walk after that heavy. Oh, yeah. I could not like, oh. it was so bad. I was she like, woke me up for the challenge. Like, no, 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was broken. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I was yeah. like trying yeah. to walk up the stairs, and Mickey was like, "Do you need help?" And I was like, "I, I got this." He's like, "Are you are you sure? I don't think you're gonna make it." <laughs> so, just to give our audience who are not <laughs> go yeah. some context, HCLS. Uh, I, I, I know now they're called HTL, yeah. um, but they don't have the S. But it's basically a whole weekend event. Uh, basically, Thursday. Thursday, you do a 24 hour event. Immediately, a short break followed by a 12 hour plus event. Mm-hmm. Followed by a supposedly four to six hour event. Yep. Followed by a fun scavenger. <laughs> yeah. So you break. You're so broken. You're just like, you okay. basically block out you're dragging yourself the whole yeah. weekend. So and there's a s- special select group that finished all events. Mm-hmm. Cece and I attempted it. We got through just the heavy, mm-hmm. and as she just said, she. Uh, I could not walk. She she ended up you like micro fractured your foot. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing was that <laughs> the the most difficult thing I've probably ever done. Same. I that was physically. the most difficult heavy I've done. Yeah. Like, yeah, all that heavy was was brutal. That was that was definitely one to remember for sure. I think that last long ruck that do you okay, settle the debate. How long do you think that ruck was? That lot last like long mileage. Mileage wise. From Marin side that we were at I mean the the hustle back before the bridge closes. Correct. Yeah. How, how far do you think that <laughs> was? Double stepping the whole time. Dude, oh, it was... she had the triple step. If you think about it, oh, she, sure. Every yeah, two yeah. steps someone takes, she has to take four. Sure. Right. Yeah. So the you know, I mean, I think someone mapped it, and it was like twenty eight miles or something total, like the whole thing. Yeah. But that last. That, that, last was, that push. was the 12 miler, wasn't it? Supposedly, I thought it was 14. It might have been longer. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely yeah. probably say it was longer. Okay, so yeah, in, in some, some way. people yeah, thought it was shorter. Um, Landris, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How long did Landris think it was? He said it was like eight miles. That was so. So again, for context for our listeners, <laughs> uh, we were on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge in the Marin, in Marin County, yeah, and we had a few hours left before they would close the bridge. So the, our instructions as a team was to two-step it before the bridge closed, and we were definitely more than twelve. I'd say fourteen, but twelve more than twelve miles away. Either way, it was it was a lot. That was a lot of rucking, a lot of shuffling fast. Well, and after just the 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 beatdown we had. Oh man, like that water at the whatever beach we were at with the stinking oh oh, god knows what. Oh, that thing that was dead. Yeah, Yeah, there's lots of dead stuff. Yeah, Yeah, and then that dude came out with a flashlight. No, because remember, can you guys be quiet? Like, no, I can't be quiet. (laughs) It's cold, man. Yeah, and then they made us run a mile. They made us do um, a timed mile right after that. We had the the water buckets we had to carry. Like the farmer carries with like oh, 90 yeah. pounds of water. In a, I, I, I swear I that was a thousand pounds. The cake. Like. We had to carry the cake oh, and the, the food. And we had to carry oh, our food. Oh, that's right. The cake. Do, do they know about the cake? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so uh, we had the cake, right? And so we, at the end, index, remember they put us in a circle and they, they asked us to eat it. <laughs> eat, eat and cake. so I was hungry. And so I was like, oh, ask a big boy to eat cake. I'm just saying, you fam, I can get this. We can index right now. Just let me eat it. And so they were like, go. So I literally went up and like 
karate chopped it, my half, whatever, the half of the cake, <laughs> and shoveled it in my mouth. And so she comes up, right? And she's like, what about me? And I'm like, I threw it up. I was like, eh. oh, yeah, he, like I spit it, it out. I spit it out. And I gave it back to her. She didn't know. She popped it in Oh, mouth. no. And that's when I knew I would marry her. That's, 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 a keeper. that's the keeper. But yeah, I didn't tell her until like way after. And she's like, you know, I kind of baby bird fed you. <laughs> and in the moment, no one cares. No you're one so cares. tired. No you're cares. so hungry. You're just like, it tastes good. Like, I think there's sand in this. Yeah. I don't care. I don't right? care. It tastes good. Well, and that, the challenge. Um, yeah, we were Oh man! The challenge was—I don't remember half of it because I—I've <laughs> never actually slept walk like that before. Really? Like I was delirious. I was seeing things, mm-hmm. you know, and I was just sort of like gray man in the back here, just kind of you know teetering back and forth, to trying to keep up. And I, I saw just like little things in the vision, just oh, what's that? You know, like little demons, you know, <laughs> trying to chase you. Saw your spirit animals. Yeah. You know? I saw the light, and, <laughs> you know, and like every event, you eventually, you know, kind of like, oh, yeah, like you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you come, come to, come to, yeah. yeah, you know, there's a point at which you feel like you're going to die, and the demons are telling you to quit, and then you, the, you hit the light, you know, the morning light comes, and you just feel new again, yeah, you feel yeah, yeah, born yeah, yeah. on some level. Yeah. You're like, I'm almost there. Yeah, but you're still just like, just still so too- deliriously <laughs> yeah, tired yeah, yeah. at the same time. So, okay, so all that, right? Did all that, <laughs> all that fun stuff. And then we sort of just stopped on some level. You know, she, Amanda kept on. It was, yeah, it was 2017 or so. We did a trifecta. Yeah, we we kind of cast it out. We did a Spartan trifecta. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And we, the beast was in Tahoe at the, where they had the Ultra Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the World Championships. And that was like, oh, sorry, yeah, it's 30% longer. And there's like 30% more obstacles (laughs) and stuff. Like, oh, it was like a 17-mile beast. And we're like, oh, Oh, man. Jesus, you know. And so that kind of like, we kind of were broken after that a bit. Oh, you never get warm again at some point. After you hit the water, I did like the, it was the rope ladder monkey bar thing. Oh, Jesus. Right over the water. I was like, this close to the end and I fell in the water. Oh, no. no. Did you have burpees? And, yeah. uh, no. I just, <laughs> fuck like, on I you. Like, <laughs> no, we just like, like, you know, you know, you but I, like, the water was so cold and I was so just heated and hot. Like, my body went into shock a bit. Oh, shit. And I started throwing up but I was just like, <clears throat> you know, I just had this moment oh. where I just was like, oh, it's going to pass out kind of thing. Wow. And she's like, you want to quit? I'm like, no, you know? And he's like, Mur! and he's like, and we kept on going and it was fine. But yeah, that was, that really capped it off for us. And that was like the last kind of endurance kind of event. Yeah. She kept up with like triathlons sure. and, and buys, you know, like the swim run. Yeah. And she had a pretty bad bike spill oh, and no. kind of injury. And we just sort of were done sure. a bit. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I we just kind of had enough. Uh, torture on the body, and then yeah, the back just starts to tweak a little bit. When you carry a log, yeah, yeah. on your shoulder, oh, and, for your, sure. and your head's this, cocked to the one whole side. time, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and you're just like, "That's not good for my back." I you know, I feel you. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I and I think all that energy was channeled nowhere. Sure, you know, and we a lot of the the friends kind of moved away as so we lost kind of a workout crew True. a bit. Yeah. And, you know, the Stephen had left for Massachusetts at the time. So yeah, there was no yeah. more beach PT to go to. So we kind of fell off that bandwagon sure. a little bit. And other personal tragedy. And 
you know, just sort of was like, oh, what do I do? And I got into like embedded systems development, like Raspberry Pis and stuff. Did a oh, bunch of programming, cool. like wireless testers and this and that. And that we was- can talk offline about some stuff I'm thinking about. But oh, anyways, cool. yeah, yeah. So, we don't want to make this a tech podcast. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was a really cool skill to develop. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I got yeah. my Python coding like way farther than okay. what it was before. And actually, that's like if you want to learn coding, have a purpose, mm. have a direction, not just like, oh, I'm doing some kind of class. And that's great to learn the content, but have a project, have something you want to do because that really drives, oh, I need to learn this thing and that thing. And you do the research and it really drives you to understand what you need to do that thing. And in doing so, you gain so much more sort of mm. that, that ancillary knowledge of, of a thing and it is in, intrinsically develops that core skill as well. Wait a minute, that's kind of, you could say the same about baking. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I did that for a bit and that was great. And then I got this masterclass thing from Amanda and that was really fun. Like I want more, right? Mm. And then there was actually this YouTube video that was like this, a quick little masterclass of sourdough video. And this Irish dude in, in Ireland was talking about how to do sourdough and just how to make your own starter. I'm like, I'm going to do that. You know, and I got some books and just read and watched videos and read and just try to internalize all the steps because there's so many steps to the whole thing, right? And each one of them is sort of a nuanced knowledge set in itself that you sort of have to develop. And I just started with just trying it. You know, I built my starter. Everything seems fine, good, nice and healthy. Let's make some bread. And, you know, it, it was good, tasty bread, a little dense, you know. Was, it, was <laughs> Now you're critiquing your own yeah. bread. <laughs> uh, yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> like, no one can ever talk bad about my bread because I already said worse sort of thing. Mm. Like, you I'm, think that's I'm, important to, to self-assess? I like, mean, your own stuff? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, for me, maybe I can be a little too critical on myself. Sure. Right? We're our own worst critics, obviously. And maybe I'm too hard on myself, and I, I think I know that I'm too hard on myself, so I know there's somewhere in the middle mm. is the truth sure. of it. But I also feel holding myself to my own personal standard is is important, mm. right? Like, for, oh, this is good enough. Like, is it though? Is it? You know, mm. and it, it never is. But I also feel that if you feel like this is perfect, then you're never going to develop or try anymore, right? It's sort of that mentality if you have a training somebody you never really acknowledge how well they're doing because then they'll just kind of give up they think they've made it right Mm. and it's a little bit you know a negative place to be but it it leads people to strive to oh i didn't get it this time i'm gonna i'm gonna do more and try harder and that's always just kind of you know i'm a perfectionist so nothing is ever perfect and so that leads me to just always seek the, a, a deeper level, right? As, as much as I can. And that led me to doing an entire like online pastry school, basically, that I just wrapped up. And it was sort of, I need, you know, something else to sort of drive that, that knowledge. It just wasn't enough, you know, and I needed more. And I'm part of the, I absorb as much information as I can. And doing that, it wasn't just bread, it was everything else, but I, I'm a baker and I I like knowing and now I have this really broad knowledge of, you know, the construction of of a cookie, right? From its ingredients and what do all those things do, right? And then you can, it's not just a recipe anymore, it's a formula and you can just tweak all the bits of the formula because you know how they work. It's not Mm. just two cups of this, one cup of that. 
oh, I know if I increase the eggs a bit, I get this. If I decrease the butter, or if I melt the butter, or if I use brown sugar instead of white. And for bread, it was, you know, do I grind my own wheat? What flours am I using? How long do I ferment? How far do I push the fermentation, right? Because you go too far and the bread kind of collapses. Mm. and It doesn't oh. really do what you want. But if you don't do enough, you don't get that the acidification. You don't get the, the air pockets that you want to see. Like that crumb doesn't develop. The, the crumb is the inside of the bread. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you don't get that if you don't kind of perfect all those all those things. And it was, you know, such a huge like body of knowledge to try to absorb that I, I wanted more. And after all of this, I, I spent 150 hours in a commercial kitchen, commercial bakery doing, you know, uh, 200, 300 loaves at a time kind of thing and giant mixers and giant deck ovens. So I got this experience of what it takes to really crank out large amounts of bread and, and a sourdough way. Mm. And so that has completely kind of transformed my understanding of how things are. And I, I look at these videos I share with people just who want to get into sourdough. I have some just videos I made of basic handling. And I look at them now like, oh, God, that's, oh, God, it's awful. What am I doing? You know, it's terrible, you know? And so it, it's, you, you understand that at every step of the way, everything has a purpose, hmm. right? And if you're not careful and attentive to all of those steps, you won't really get what you want on the other side. You'll get good bread, right? You'll get fine bread. And people make perfectly tasty bread that they enjoy and they make for their home and everything's great. And that's awesome. Right. If you can make your own bread at home, do so, you know, but for me, I wanted that perfection. I wanted that ultimate, you know, I want to make it as good as the other bakeries are making it, you know, in, mm -hmm. a, in a commercial setting. And I know I, in a house setting, it's a little bit more sure, difficult, sure, sure, sure. right. Especially with the, the volume, there's just different scale considerations and, and things were a bit different when you're doing small batches, yeah. but that, Nonetheless, I wanted to figure out what it took. Yeah, and you know, I haven't baked since I finished the the program, and tomorrow's the first mixed day for me since. And so, mm. there's a lot to build back into my sure, process. Sure. You know, that is now kind of totally transformed. So, so I'm curious, like now when you go to restaurants, <laughs> that's a good question. And they give you bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you want a side of brit no just no we i mean it's totally we're just tearing them apart every time you know your bread program oh this is weak you know this is commercial you know commercial yeast and oh there's no flavor to this oh there's no soul Ugh, this is jeez, oh, you know so yeah we we get a little a little persnickety about it. Because, but I mean, I think that's know. that's just a testament to being something that you're passionate about, right? I mean, I mean like, you know your craft. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, you you know, like you were even self-criticizing. I mean, you're giving yourself a self-assessment. You're even yeah. critical of your own stuff. Yeah, right? well, and I don't then, think I'm doing anything perfectly. Yeah, either. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then that's okay, you know, but at the same time, you're like, okay, now that you have a deeper understanding of your craft, right? You can appreciate when you get something that's not to uh, a better standard that you, you know where it could, could be yep. versus to where like what you're being served. Right. You know, and I think that's a, that's some really good notes just to take in general with anything. Right. You know, when you've not become, you know, an expert, but become someone that's really passionate about it when you can do that and see things in a different light. Right. So like more akin to like watching a movie, I bet mm -hmm. you if Christopher Nolan's watching some, some kids totally. you know, YouTube video, like the, 20 second vine or something going 
what is what this? this? Right? Yeah. You know, and and it's just a deeper appreciation for the craft, right? Like there's different levels to to it. There's a kid doing a video, a YouTube video, and then there's you know a top tier director, right, or cinematographer. There's me baking, <laughs> yeah, flour, water, yeast, or whatever, and and then there's you, and then there's oh sorry, there's a commercial, and then there's like you, right? Like there's different levels yeah. to to the whole. Um, just any craft, you know. Well, you know, eat, eat what you like, but <laughs> you know, I'm not here to, to judge yeah, yeah. <laughs> anybody's choices. You know, that's you do what you got to do. Um, I had a point; I just lost it. But um, sorry, no, no. <laughs> it's you know, oh, that that's what it was. The the more I've learned about sourdough and bread baking, the more I realize I know nothing. That there is, you know, you walk in and with early knowledge, you you don't understand maybe the full breadth of, of a thing. And you develop a certain amount of knowledge. You go, man, I know a lot. You know, man, mm. in comparison to what's out there, I know a whole bunch. But then when you push that knowledge to a certain point, there's a doorway that opens. And you see, holy shit, you know, like I, <laughs> I don't have anything figured out. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a child in a sandbox in comparison, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, to someone who's been doing this for so long. And there is, it's just a, like a tacit knowledge you have to build. Yeah. Right? You have to build this and internalize all those steps. And it only, it can only be gained through time. Yeah. And you can't rush into it. No one can tell you all you need to know. And you have to yeah. feel the dough. You have to experience it. You have to see it rise and, and fail. And, and sometimes when I mess up, it, it's disappointing, but it's like, okay, well, that didn't work. You know, let me try something else. And it, it helps. Sometimes the failures are just as important as the successes, hmm. right? To help guide you to where you need to go, right. right? It's a path that you don't need to take anymore because you went down that already. But now yeah. you know. You know, right? you know, what's funny, it's like, don't, when, when I'm listening to you, I know you're talking about bread, but at the same time, it's anything. Not, it's anything. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, oh, that's right. You are talking about like bread, but there's a lot of parallels in that. And I think, Maybe maybe that's why bread shows up so many times in a lot of old folklore and like you know it's important to a lot of families, right? Like, well, you, when we went to Spain, like yeah. huge, yeah, it's yeah. like we're walking around. People are just walking around with like loaves of bread. Like, oh yeah, it's just you know the bread for the day. Like in in Egypt mm. during the Arab Spring, there was riots and, and and protests and whatnot. The one thing that was open, the bakeries, wow. because to to that culture, the bread is is critical and if you want to see real riots you see the bakeries go down hmm. right and nobody messes with that that's an institution it, it is a, a a sacred institution that this bread that i get every day don't mess with that hmm. that is core fundamental things right and it has been so for for so many Since cultures so and peoples long, yeah. and it's just you know the that whole back in the day the farmer the mill and the baker Right, there was this natural trifecta that supported a community, right? And so you had the guy who made the wheat, the person who could mill the wheat into flour, and the person who can then craft that flour. And they all exchanged, right? I, I give you bread, you give me flour, right? The maybe the mill gives that the farmer flour to make his own bread, right? For the wheat, and there's this whole exchange of goods. And one kind of fun point I, I learned. Uh, most places had a community oven, right? Ovens mm. were kind of large, difficult to build. Yeah. And so there might be one for the town, 
where everyone brought their bread to be baked. And the reason for the scoring on top was to identify your loaf of bread. Uh, so you gave it, it's also to control how it opens up. Sure. Right? The scores help it to that internal crumb to develop and expand. Um, and that's important to do properly, but it's also a way of identifying right? What it is. And in commercial bakeries, you score it sort of in for what it is. Oh, the country Levon is this one. The sesame is that one, right? And there's some clear indicators if it has oats all over it. But for other breads that might look similar, but their composition is different, you'll score them differently. And that way, you know, when they come to the oven, which one it is. And for other people, that was kind of your mark. Your brand was sort of that scoring pattern. And that's sort of the artistic part too. You kind of get like a, Mm. a chance to make a cool design or you know, find the better way to score things. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, it's, it's such a important part of, of human history, hmm. right? Bread. And it, it was, it was the one thing that you got more out of for the components that went in, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. meat, meat is just a pound for pound, right? Yeah. That's it. But you take this flour and combine it with water, you get something greater, Right, you get more food out of it, so the efficiency of bread is tremendous. Right, especially for feeding people. Yeah, because it, it, it's so nutritious and long-lasting. Right, that it just became a, a center point for for the diet. That's interesting because well, because if, if you think about it, right, like when they think of prisoners, it's like, oh yeah, they always get like bread and water, and it's like that's all you need. It's just yeah. bread and water. The proper survive. bread. Yeah, 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 yeah. the proper bread. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a clear distinction there. The the university I went to, Washington State University, it's centered right in the middle of like a huge amount of wheat fields. And they have a whole bread lab there. I wasn't doing it back then, you know, had I known. But they had this whole Instagram post talking about white bread. And they they had the nutritional breakdown of just plain old white bread that not enriched. And there's almost nothing to it. It was literally nutritionally barren. Like it was just such an example of, yeah, you know, that process just doesn't really yield something that is good for you. Yeah, right. And it's actually harder to, to digest. Digest, yeah. And we're, with sourdough specifically, right, with long fermentations, you get all those benefits. And pro tip: if you're at a bakery and you see the pan au levain, L E V A I N, E A I N, yeah, um, that's sourdough. Levon means sourdough. Oh, and so, did not know that. Yes. And so you're like, what's this Pana Levon stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just take that, that thing over there. Right? No. That's Sour, the one you want. Sour. Okay. Yeah. Country, country Levon, country loaf often will be so sourdough. Levon. Levon. Okay. Is it the French word for, for starter, mm. right? Or for sourdough. Oh, interesting. And, and sourdough is a misnomer. Like the whole San Francisco sourdough being really tangy, they add stuff to it. The, oh, really? Yeah. With my bread sour? No. Not really. Mm-mm. Now, you can make it more sour. Sure. You can mm-hmm. make the, the starter go a little longer before you use it. It gets yeah. more alcohol and acidity to it. You can there, certainly make it. There's a different taste to it, for sure. It, like, the tech, like it's, it yeah. is, there's a de- definite different taste to it than it, like regular bread. There's a wholesome bite to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like if you chew on like Wonder Bread, it becomes this weird mash in the roof of your mouth. Yeah. It kind of sticks to the roof of your mouth. Where this chews and it just breaks apart as if it's this hearty sustaining substantial thing when you when you eat it you feel satisfied you don't yeah, feel yeah. like oh i'm weighed down by bread mm-hmm. it's light it, it dissolves and breaks down very easily very readily because it's been half digested by the yeast already mm-hmm. and all the nutrients are there all the acidity all the things that you need to have a nourishing meal are kind of built in mm-hmm. so yeah the levon that's when you want to go for levon now we know yeah <laughs> And they'll have ordering too. bread. Do you have any Levon? 
<laughs> no, I don't, don't. I'm like, never mind. Uh, yeah. not I will not take a side of that, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... Well, actually, so I'm curious. So you talk a lot about how you, like, self-assess. Do you, mm. like, write that down somewhere, or is it just, like, mental notes? I used to write down the formulas that I put together, and it's just percentage of, of the wheat I sure. use versus, like, just white flour. It's, it's like, 60 to 7% like bread flour, right? And then, you know, 20 to 30, eh, 10, whatever you want, of some kind of whole wheat. Mm. And I've been grinding my own more recently. And it you can really smell, like, the cereal, grassy quality of the grain when you mill it fresh. And it adds, like, a whole new layer of flavor and dimension that, you know, it, it almost tastes like cereal on some level. If you just mm. eat it as it is, it has, like a toasted oaty wheat sort of cereal flavor sure. to it. Sure. Right. But not being actual cereal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's where all that fundamental flavor comes from. Right. And so I used to write down how much salt, how much of what wheat and what yeah, flour yeah, yeah, yeah. and this and that, and how long I proofed it for and how long I, you know, bulk fermented and the bake times and all that. I did it for the first hundred loaves <laughs> and because I was doing them two at a time. And so I just had a little, you know, sheets file, uh, right? That. <laughs> and I just stopped doing it at some point. Just like, uh, and then I started making more like eight loaves at a time. And then I got to 16 loaves at a time. And at that point, it's more about that natural feel, right? How did mm-hmm. this, I know what I did. How did that come out? I kind of pushed the fermentation a little farther this time. So there's oh, a, still a, more slack. But, even oh. though it's not written out, there's still some degree of... Of not QC per se, but there's still some degree of you going, hmm, that that one is it, that wasn't it. Yeah, well, yeah I, I, I can have, I, I can do better on that one. I have a formula, right? Yeah, that, yeah. Like everything course, is course, course. measured out very precisely, right? Yeah. The scales and scale. If you bake, get a scale. Okay. Volume measurements are garbage. <laughs> get a scale. There's cheap ones out there. You will be much more consistent baked goods if you weigh yeah. things. Yeah. It's just it's the way to do it. Um, so yeah, everything's weighed out very precisely um, in order to achieve consistency. But then, yeah, I haven't, you know, nothing has been like, that's it. That's the process, you know. And honestly, you can never really get there because the flour you get might be a little bit different. Hmm. Right, how much water that absorb this time? It might that might change depending on the batch of flour you get. Right, the water, the temperature, like the ambient temperature in the bakery was X this day, and it caused it to do Y. Uh. Right, and since sourdough is, you are subject to it and its nature. You just have to work with it. You don't control the sourdough so much now. It doesn't mean that it's, it's you know completely got you you know by the short and curly so to speak. It's <laughs> you control how you want to bake your bread, sure. and all of those steps can be kind of infinitely tuned, right? Like right now, it takes you know I'm gonna start tomorrow morning, and I'll probably be dividing and shaping around four or five, right? So it's about seven or eight hour period, right? And then I put those in the fridge and I, I'll bake them the next day, yeah. right? And that fridge gets it like real good slow fermentation uh, and real deep flavor comes from that. So the slower you can the fermentation goes, the better, right? That's way more flavor. Um, and so that process is great, but – and I work from home, so I kind of have a little flexibility to take a meeting, do my folds, yeah, yeah, yeah. do this, right? So I can kind of sort my day out how I want. But if I get real busy, I, I lose that opportunity. Sure. So we're already trying to figure out, okay – I'll get my starter set so it's ready by 5 p.m. And I'll do the first set of kind of bulk 
you know, fermentation throughout the night. And by like 10 at night, 11 at night, I'll just put it in the fridge, like mm. all the dough in the fridge. Okay. And the next day I might, you know, divide and shape and put them in their bannetons. And maybe I let them just sit out for a couple hours and then I bake them or I put them back in the fridge. Right. And you get a little more fermentation. Right. And you can play with all those yeah, variables. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe you don't do so much warm fermentation up front because you can do a bunch of cold fermentation and cold proofing later. So all of those things are at, at your control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you you don't you know, you bake the bread. It doesn't bake you. Right. Kind of thing. So mm. you you decide how that happens. Mm. But if it's not fermenting enough, if it's not yeah. ready yet, you can't force it. Yeah. Right. It will tell you when it's ready kind of thing. So, I mean, you finish the class. Yeah. I mean, what's next for Briarwood Bakery? It's so a lot of the, like, as I got to like eight and 16 loaves at a time, yeah. we had a lot of extra, right? We go through maybe two loaves a week. Mm. And so it was like, Ooh, man, like, you know, and we just started giving it out, right? Yeah, as yeah, you guys yeah, have yeah, received. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not making anybody pay for this yet because I'm just playing. I'm just figuring it out, sure. right? So it's just, here's some free bread. Um, but it's not consistent. I'm not, you know, you can't guarantee you're going to get a loaf Correct. and yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. But people have indicated kind of like you were saying like, oh my God, I want more of this bread. Yeah. Uh, Amanda's a teacher. And so we, a lot of our loaves go there. And mm. so there's a distinct following at the school. Sure. You know, the, the barber I go to there, I gave them bread and they're like, oh my God, when you're ready, man, I'm just, like, well, you're first. I'm the same you thing. We're saying the same thing. Dude. Right. So, so it's, there's a general consensus here. And, and we've asked people, would you buy it on a subscription type thing. Like mm. every week, oh. would you get a loaf of bread? Like, you know, so I know if I make a loaf, it's sold kind mm. of thing. Yeah. So I have at least maybe 20 loaves out of the 50 are already sold. And like, hey, I got Instagram. Hey, I got 30 loaves. You want and some? pending guys, by right. the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. Is coming. Um, but that's sort of the next step is to figure out how to work a, a mix and bake schedule into, works. My, yeah. into my job. Yeah. Something that Amanda can help as well because she's more of a nine to five, like at a place, you know, I have the tech worker, work yeah, from home yeah. kind of thing. Um, and it's just figuring out what that bread program looks like, sure. getting our equipment in order to handle the volume, right? Mm-hmm. And we're getting there. We're very close to about 50 at a time. That's sort of the goal right now. Beginning of summer, 50 loaves, right? And maybe that's two, maybe that's like, you know, I mix Tuesday, um, Wednesday I mix again, but I'm baking Tuesday's bread, right on on Wednesday, yeah. and then I'm baking Wednesday's bread on Thursday, yeah. right? That sort of thing. And gotcha. so it's like a two step. I mean, I have two batches. The other sure. one I have only handles like eight or nine loaves at a time. Yeah. So if I did fifty, that would be all day <laughs> baking. Right. That's you know the smell in this home <laughs> in, the, in the garage. <laughs> so it's you know figuring out the those logistics, sure, um, and and getting the ability to have weekly consistent bakes where people can then rely on a, a bread that's available to them, yeah. right? That is, as they found out, this is how real bread should be. And that, that's kind of a thing going on, real bread, yeah. right? And everyone talk about sourdough, like, oh, no, this is real bread, right? Not mm. that fake shit over there, right? <laughs> so I like it. Once people find that's out- a slogan right there. Yeah. I mean, Robert Baker, real bread. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of naturally leavened, real bread. Yeah. 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 yeah logo. That's, oh God, that's so, so hard. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But um, that's kind of next. And uh, it's actually becoming a cottage food business. So California, mm. we're lucky. We have, and a lot of states do have something like it. You can produce from a, a, an approved list of items sure. yeah. at home 
uh, in your home, ba- you know, home kitchen uh, products. Oh. And, and bread is on that list. There so you go. I can start a business that uh, is a, a cottage food licensed establishment and label things and sell people bread. You know, for for actual revenue yeah, yeah. and and taxes and all that stuff gets worked out, and it becomes a side business yeah. at that point. And it's going to start real small because I still got to work the nine to five. Yeah, of course. And I think fifty is is an achievable, decent target. And for the kind of user base we got, I think that's going to be enough. Yeah. And it'll be sort of it, it might grow as it. You know, people will start spreading the word, sure. but it's eh, it's only so you much. You scale we appropriately, can do. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. You scale when you want. It's right? kind of we, we we play how we want to play. Yeah, exactly. You know? I think it's important to like reiterate kind of something I've heard, and I want to reiterate here is like one job or two jobs, one one paycheck kind of thing. Yeah, right. That's a side hustle or side business yeah, or right. whatever. I, I think it's it's one of those things where if you're really passionate about it, yeah, expect to have the the nine to five still right and then if you're really passionate about your side hustle to keep working at it you know at, at any moment right and that's kind of a testament to this podcast right when i'm at home or even like on my lunch i'm like looking at stuff and like reading and just kind of diving deep or or getting into you know the weeds of it. i'm like okay you know i and i used to do the same thing too with my my YouTube channel. It's like yeah. I had the nine to five, you know, post college student kind of thing. And then I was like, you know what, let's give this YouTube thing. And I always do it on the side and get really super obsessed with it, you know? And so, I mean, it's really amazing to see kind of your journey go from to the engineer at a tech company to, you know, endurance athlete, I guess, yeah. you know, and, and then kind of turn some of those, your journey along the way into like a, a passion, right. A, a seemingly, a passion that has a lot of parallels to anything, right? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like break bread and you share bread and you make bread and there's a lot of parallels in life you can you can take from it. But, you know, it's really interesting to see that, like I said in the beginning, this area, Silicon Valley, is very known for like startups in the garage and entrepreneurism. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you're starting it in your garage, but it's a, a passion and I really, I'm not even going to wish you luck because I know I can sense, at least I can sense the passion. And every time we've talked, it's, it's always like, a, wow, hold on. I didn't know that about bread. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, and you always learn and, you know, and I'm like, geez, like I, and when I've come in here to pick up the bread and I smell it and then we just talk more and more about Briarwood bakery. Right. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think, you know, and so, um, I think we're just really excited to see. I can't see really it, like, what happens. Yeah. What happens? Where it goes? Yeah. Where where the where the dough <laughs> where the dough rises? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so many great <laughs> But yeah, I, again, um, where can people follow you along this journey? That may be listening, our listeners of ours, friends, and stuff like that. Where can they follow you, Zach and, and Amanda, on this journey? Well, right now. Uh, Instagram is probably the best place. Briarwood underscore bakery. Uh, B-R-I-A-R wood. All one word. Uh, underscore bakery. Um, and that's where we kind of post up stuff we're making. And, you know, it's it's bread, but I also want to give people like, hey, it's Thanksgiving. You need a pie? <laughs> I make some great Hokkaido milk buns, right? Mm. That are soft and delicious. By the way, did you... Yeah, last pie, pie day we went That's to. That's true. So, pie party. So, pie party. little tangent, pie party. <laughs> our, a mutual friend of ours, 
uh, Sean um, used to hold a pie party. Oh, yeah. Great party. Great idea. So the whole premise behind the Fantastic. pie party is basically they invite all their friends and you come over and you bring a pie, you bake a pie. Doesn't matter if you it's sweet, savory, or uh, we always bought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter if it was savory, sweet. Um, you submit There's like different categories. categories yep. Yeah. And we basically, you could sample. Um, each one's had a number or tallied, and then you would vote. You judge. So yeah. you, and the last pie party they had be, be the last party pie party we went to, you won? Who won? Yeah. Right? Someone won. You won. A, you, you won, won yeah. overall. But, yeah, see? So but but overall, the, but not like the other subcategories. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you won, won overall. Well, so I brought uh, what was a it? spiced lamb hand pie. That's right, the hand mm, pie. Savory meat. Yeah. I think that was the first time. That might be the one. We went twice. You won twice. They yeah. won twice, yeah. Do we win? Do we win again? The last one, we oh. I remember you when we, we stayed oh, around I for the know. voting. I don't, I, uh, whatever. I, I don't remember. <laughs> Champion <laughs> here. <laughs> He's like, I win so much. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's not for the glory. It's, uh, that was Gora. <laughs> but the, the, the trick is everyone brings a sweet pie. Yeah. Bring a savory pie. Yeah. You get to just stand out. No one has one. Yeah. It's true. Right. Yeah. And you just, we always brought a sweet pie. And it's, yeah, these, I've made these spiced lamb hand pies for several occasions and they're, yeah, mm. they're, they're a hit. Every so time. Briarwood Bakery, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty. You need an apple pie. You want a pumpkin there pie? You go. I make really good uh, pie crusts, all butter pie mm. crusts that are delicious. Um, yeah, I do all kinds of stuff. Well, thanks for having us and inviting us into your kitchen You're to welcome. to see everything and uh, tell us your story. And um, yeah, so thanks. Yeah, thank Appreciate you for that. for hearing out. It was great. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys, for listening. So a quick note here before we take off. It was a great pleasure talking with Zach and catching up with him and seeing what he's doing with Briarwood Bakery and turning a passion really into something of a business for himself. And again, make sure you guys go follow him on Instagram, uh, Briarwood Bakery. And speaking of Instagram, make sure you guys follow us. That's F2F Podcast, number two on Instagram. Uh, visit our website. That's f2fpodcast.com. And make sure you listen to us anywhere you guys enjoy listening to podcasts. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one.